Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Uh, my name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello! Um, it's, it's very early on a Saturday morning and that's far too chirping. I thought it was sort of, you know, news anchorish. Rob's very busy this weekend um, and so we've had to start recording at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. So it's I got, 9.14. Uh, I got up at 8 o'clock for you. That, I appreciate that. I, I, was up, I, I actually chose my stories this morning so I've been up Did since you? 7. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like you've put in the necessary work. Uh, you'd be surprised. Really? Okay. I've trawled through a lot of stories. Okay, I hope so. Right. Right, so we can be found at our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. And we're on Twitter, where we can be found at, at LAPodcast. And we're on Facebook, which is www.facebook.com forward slash forward slash LAPodcast. And you can email us, and we want your emails, listener emails, to LAPodcast.net at gmail.com. And that, that is our email address where you can email us in any stories that you have found relating to your local area which you think we would enjoy or which you think we might read out on the podcast. We haven't had any for a couple of weeks, have we? We've No. no. I think it's, it's, it could be our fault because we've always given them the idea there's, there's a backlog of stories. Yeah. Well, which there is sometimes. Possibly. Or just people are busy. Yeah. They can't uh, be bothered. Yeah, it could be that. But all I know is, yeah. all I know is, is that every week when I look, I'm only looking at two newspapers, the Bournemouth Echo and the New Shopper. And every week, I'm finding stories enough to keep me going. So that means that everybody else in the country, I would imagine, if they look at their local paper, there must be things in there. Yeah. And I want to know about them, because if these stories are this good, I want to know what else is going on in Absolutely. this crazy country, and in other countries. I was watching Russell Howard's Good News the other day. Okay, can we not mention other people? Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I mentioned RH's Good News. Yeah. And um, he featured the Fox... Mugging the man for his garlic bread story, which yeah, apparently it's a bit late in the day. I know, yeah, which apparently featured in the sun. Right, yeah. So that's what I've made. made well, we were there first with it. Yeah. So stop stealing our material, man. Our laws will be in contact. Yeah, I think it's okay for us to tell other people to stop stealing our material. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. When all our material comes from published newspapers. But anyway, Rob, this week I am focusing on one theme. My stories all coalesce around one theme, which is crime. I'm going to be, I've got four stories, uh, they're all actually pretty short, but they've all got a story about crime and a sort of mugshot stroke photo, and they get progressively more comical. Okay, um, and I've, my stories actually coincidentally uh, all Swindon based and, and are featured around redevelopment of the town centre, so this could be interesting. That sounds deathly dull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, my first story here is from The New Shopper. Um, and the headline is, this is, it's very short this and there are no comments. Gravesend con man, Chris Holding, jailed for stealing from string of women. <laughs> uh, not, not women made of string. Not women made oh, of okay, string. Just to clarify. Um, a con man who used his, in quotes, sexual wiles to steal, <laughs> right, okay. to steal money and jewellery from a string of women has been jailed for 45 months. By the way, before I continue reading this story, do you remember that story I told you about last week about the guy who'd uh, got, got that tree surgeon to cut down a tree in the dead yes. of night so he could get a better view from his pool residence? Allegedly. 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 Yeah. Well, he's actually been... I was being committed of it. Well, and, and, and guess how much he was fined for, for getting his mate to chop down the tree? The mate that he said he didn't know, but who had gone to his wedding. Uh, I mean, it's quite a lesser crime. I don't think that's an awful lot. Maybe about 200? No. 500? No. A thousand pounds? 75,000 pounds. What? Yeah. So there you 75 go. 75 grand? It was a protected tree. So think carefully, Jesus mate, before Christ. you go. Yeah. 
I think they really wanted to teach him a lesson, this guy, because he's a rich visitor. So they said, right, 75 Fucking, I'm sorry, that's a bit out of order. He got some bloke to go around there. And, and also, in the dead of the night, who's not going to hear a chainsaw? <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. I know. He's just bought a new house. Back to the story. You know, well, I don't think 35 grand to buy a new house. Or maybe in Stoke. Yeah, maybe in North. Chris Holding, previously of Fisgard Court in Admiral's Way... Fisgard Court? Yes. In Admiral's Way, Gravesend, preyed on women, including one from Lewisham. He pretended to be an American musician or a New York <laughs> Times journalist. When, in fact, he was a barely literate chef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what I'm about it. for an episode titled Barely Literate Chef? <laughs> Yes, that's, good, quite, no? that's good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but, so, but what I want to know is, is he? I think he, he, must, he, he must be using these tactics of pretending to be a New York Times journalist or an American musician because he's American. Otherwise, it would just be weird. Or is it some guy going, yeah, I'm American? I mean, uh, my instant... <laughs> that was deliberately bad. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. But I think it, I have a suspicion that it may have been equally bad when he was doing it. Yeah, I work for the New York Times. You know the New York Times? I work for that. I what know. the hell was that? That was more sort of, I think, American-Italian. Oh, right, you know, Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? That kind of thing. <laughs> still bad. It sounds like... I think Dogs! I think that's Cuban. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, so my, my, my suspicion is that these women may not have been... Um, how can I put this? Uh, they may have been quite gullible. Yeah, well, do you want to see a picture of him? Because yeah. uh, unfortunately, he's not like hideous. I'm thinking as a New York Times reporter, he's quite, you know, he must have been quite suave, sophisticated, well groomed. Yeah, not looking like that, yeah. who looks like Jesus. <laughs> and it appears to have. Insult Jesus? Yes, he's got a rosary around I'm his sure, neck. I'm sure Jesus didn't look like that. I'm, yeah. White with brown hair. I know people like to think so, but he was from the he, Middle he, East. I've seen pictures, Alex. He, he doesn't look like that. Yeah, okay. Because um, no wonder people noticed him. If he was if he was white in the Middle East at that time, <laughs> yeah. he stood out. He stood out, yeah. Um, yeah. He looks like... yeah. Well, He, he looks, looks like he could be yeah, a singer in a rock band. He right? does, yeah, he does look like he could be a lead singer of like a, a grunge band or something. Right. Um, now, what else are you going to say? Were you gonna, oh. No, I was just saying the woman must be very gullible. If he right. was saying he was a New York Times journalist, then they'd brought it without questioning. Well... Police know that the 24-year-old, who's only 24, okay. struck up relationships with at least nine women, allowing a former Catholic school pupil to pocket cash, jewellery and valuables worth nearly £8,300. Why does it matter that he's a former Catholic school pupil? Don't know, just is in there. Okay. Judge, Judge Daniel Worsley said Holding was guilty of a breach of trust of the highest level. This is a bit over the top. I mean, yeah. a breach of trust at the highest level, it would be like treason, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> um, yeah. And that his sentence was longer than guidelines suggest, in quotes, because of the harm you've inflicted on so many. Right. Anishka Smith was waiting for a flight at Stansted Airport when she met Holding, posing as a Californian journalist about to relocate <laughs> to London. The con man moved in with the 25-year-old Smith in Sanford Walk, Lewisham, but within weeks she realised her grandmother's wedding ring was gone. Miss Smith kicked out Holding, but he went on to steal £260 from her bank account. Prosecutor Mark James Dawson said, In the first, Holding entered into a prolonged sexual relationship with his victims, lulling them into trusting him. He then abused their trust, stealing money and jewellery, including heirloom pieces of incalculable sentimental value. By the way, incalculable sentimental value is also a good episode. That is true, yeah. In the second, often while in relationships with other women, he engaged in short-term flings and once in his victim's home, stole goods and money. Holding's lies finally unravelled after 
after four years when a detective investigating a theft in May spotted a similar case from a fortnight earlier. And he must have joined the dots like detectives do. Nice. DNA from a pair of socks he left behind after Whoa. a one-night stand <laughs> led to his identification. And he was caught on a train at Waterloo Station on August 21st. <laughs> they really went after this sucker, really didn't did. they? Holding claims to have a six-year-old son in Australia and has convictions for shoplifting and theft. Saw lies. He admitted 13 counts of theft, while four counts were left on file at his sentencing on November 26th at Blackfriars Crown Court. Unfortunately, there are no comments, but a great story. Absolutely. Okay, right, right, uh, you've got a story for us. Yeah, my first story is from the advert. Well, all, all three stories are from the advert. Um, now, do you know who do you know who Mary Portas is? Mary Portas. Yeah, Portas. But Portas. Mary Portas. Something to do with children. She's the woman who um, David Cameron has, has, has instructed to try and re- redevelop, like, run downtown centres. And she was... Oh, right, well, she had done stuff to do with yeah. Children's Commission. I think before, she has, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. She's got to redevelop run downtown centres. Yeah. Well, uh, basically, like, they're... Like Swindon's. Uh, yeah. If she could come to Sydney, we could, uh, well, I mean, we'd call it a town, but yeah. <laughs> um, the story's by David Wills. Fears that favouritism saw Swindon miss out on Porter's cash. Oh, dear. Mm. Swindon Council's Labour Group says the town could have been robbed uh, of thousands of pounds to improve the town centre following allegations that preferential treatment was shown to a town in the uh, government minister's constituency. Hang on a minute. Thousands of pounds. I don't know how many thousands of pounds they're talking about, but that that should have probably better been written tens tens of thousands, something like that. Because thousands of pounds ain't going to redevelop a town centre like eight grand. I mean, you know, you get a car maybe, but you're not going to... This is well. This is what one of the things the comments said. Oh, right, this, okay. this leads on to other things because okay. of the amount that's actually at stake here. People then go out to point out where Swindon and there's a lot of uh, references to Swindon Borough Clown School, which I thought was quite cle- quite clever. Council Swindon Borough Council Swindon Borough Clown School. Also a good episode. Yeah, um, have have spent their money. Have spent more money than was actually awarded through this competition. So, By the way, um, Swindon Borough Clown School, yeah. as, a, as a pun on Swindon Borough Council, isn't quite good. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Clown School? Council? Council. I thought it was quite good. No. Oh. I mean, I mean, in the Les Dennis category of puns, it's, it's excellent. Alex, these are, these are basic folk. So, for <laughs> okay. them, this is good. <laughs> you're right. Hey, you're right. <laughs> basic folk. I like it. Swindon was one of more than 370 authorities which applied to the government for up to £100,000 as part of the so called Porter's Pilot Scheme. Grasping vultures. <laughs> Launched with the backing of retail girls. Well, like seagulls all pecking round from bits of bread. Absolutely. Uh, but despite. Were they all above London? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Was it from all those places where there are apparently so many vulnerable people? Are you saying it's all? <laughs> are you saying that was a joke? <laughs> are you saying that it's all the places where you can buy a house for seventy-five thousand pounds or less? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but despite revising its bid after failing in, in the first round of funding, the town was again not named among a second wave of fifty new pilot areas, which Minister uh, Greg. Uh, Shaps, who we Grant Shaps, Grant Scrap, yeah, Grant, Grant Shaps, yeah, I can't say his name, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 repugnant individual, which I'm quite happy to say so because of his, of his, of his business dealings, of his business dealings under a pseudonym where he's writing books telling people how to get rich quick, yeah, basically. Um, 
Um, it has since transpired in a national newspaper that Conservative councillor for Hatfield, Mr Shapps, constituency was the only person to have a face-to-face meeting with a senior civil servant over securing the cash. So what is this implying, folks? I'm, I'm this is implying that uh, Mr Shapps, Shapps. yeah, constituency got the money and it apparently, of all the people bidding for this cash, uh, Mr Shapps was oh, the only constituency that actually had a face-to-face meeting with Mrs Porters. Oh, right. Uh, the Hertfordshire town was one of the only uh, was one of over fifteen team towns. Sorry, town teams formed from nearly four hundred bidders to, to secure the hundred thousand pound grant. Prior to uh, September's cabinet reshuffle, Mr. Shapps, um, who was also the, the Conservative Party chairman, was responsible for the scheme. Uh, this could become. This could go. You know, national. This, absolutely, this story. It's not written Absolutely. by Nigel Curtin, is it? It's not, unfortunately, no. I, oh, by the way, I did try and look for the um, the Tamworth 2 story, but the, I think it was, yeah, it was just too long ago. Yeah, it's no, pre-internet. Yeah, I think <clears> so. <throat> Councillor Jim Grant, Swindon's, leader, uh, sorry, Swindon's Labour Group leader, said, if the allegations are true, then Swindon's missed out on much-needed funding for our town centre without being allowed to make our case to ministers. The government would be facing questions as to why... It is the only constituency represented by the Conservative Party chairman who gets, who gets access to Whitehall officials. I'm deeply concerned as to why Swindon is being left out of the whole process. Swindon has a larger population than Hatfield and, <laughs> and is, in my opinion, in far greater need of the town centre in improvement. South Swindon MP Robert Buckland said, My understanding of the, of the Porter uh, pilots is that they're only really targeting town centres in more difficult economic situations in Swindon and I'm absolutely sure that my, any favouritism was not part of the decision making process I cannot imagine Mary Porters who is not uh, political or part of the government would want to be part of any political but process but she should have thought a bit more carefully then about sitting down to meet with the government minister that being the only government minister she meets who's a representative, representative for Hatfield and then giving the cash to that area yeah you've got to look at how things look love I mean I've never been to Hatfield but it must be a shithole yeah it must be yeah um, there are comments on this story, which is why I, I, which I was all surprised when, when it's a Swindon Navas story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, MB says, up to £100,000, Swindon Borough Council would just spend that on another statue. That's probably why we didn't win. <laughs> oh, it's up to 100000 is it? Up okay. to 100, it's not a lot of money for a return to the redevelopment. Mm, I could do it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Still Pav says... Um, can I just say, you, I've put in Hatfield. Oh, that's Hatfield House. <laughs> okay, this this must be Hatfield Town Centre. I mean, because I'm getting pictures of stately homes here, which are looking incredibly nice. Because there's a Hatfield house. Just put in Hatfield, Hertfordshire. Hatfield. Okay. Or well, Hatfield, Hertfordshire Town Centre. I mean, it's not bad. It's got pavement. Tree. It's got a tree. It's got a tree. Yeah, lamp post. That tree's probably one. worth seventy-five thousand pounds. <laughs> okay. Um, still, Pav says. Didn't Spinning Council spend nearly five million on new paving slabs, the cost of which were justified due to having to be spent on town centre improvements? Right. £100,000 wouldn't even touch the sides with our council. <laughs> PJC says, I don't understand how Portis has held up as some sort of guru. Don't think £100,000 would have gone very far in any case. Uh, empty Car Park says, £100,000? Swindenborough Clown School will spend that on something like a shoddy Christmas tree effort for the Magic Roundabout. <laughs> shoddy Christmas tree effort. Yeah. Uh, shoddy Christmas tree effort is also a nice Shoddy episode, Christmas so. tree magic random. Shoddy Magic Roundabout Christmas tree effort. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> but I've just, shoddy like, Christmas tree effort would do. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of uh, reason. I mean, that we is a we... great Christmas episode title. Shoddy Christmas tree effort. <laughs> yeah, there's actually. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, sorry. 
Uh, that's the sort of reason we never win this type of funding. And I'm just going to finish on this one comment, which sparked my interest in the other two stories. Um, the, the real librarian says, how much did that stupid fountain cost again? Now, my next two stories... Just, sorry, just comment, sorry, just quickly. One of the comments' names earlier was Empty Car Park. Yeah. Which, when you're thinking about how people sit down and come up with comments, is, is a strange name. I you know, that, that he's gone somewhere into his mind there and... And what's coming to his head is empty car park. And that makes me wonder about what this guy gets up to at night. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's no. Yeah, that's... A... I mean, empty car park. But then this comment is called The Real Librarian. That's fine. Okay. So, yeah, he just comments, how much did that stupid fountain cost again, exactly? Um, my next two stories, which I will mention after, uh, obviously, we'll, we'll disperse it within other stories, will be about the stupid fountain. The stupid fountain. I look mm. forward to it. <laughs> Okay, Rob, my next story in my special crime episode right. is from the Bournemouth Echo. It's by Julie McGee, and the headline is Send Me Back to Jail Pleads Criminal Who Can't Cope With Life Outside. Right. <laughs> okay. uh, a career criminal who spent two-thirds of his life behind bars is back in prison after asking a judge to lock him up again. Right. Bournemouth Crown Court hurled how bungling burglar Nicholas Birch, 45, who has amassed 142 offences since 1984 and appeared in court 35 times, has become so wow. institutionalised he cannot cope with the outside world. So 142 offences since 1984. Do you want to see a picture of him? Of so course. this is the first of my funny mugshots. Um, and as I said, they will get progressively more comical. Um, but, yeah, this isn't that funny, but it's a little... Tickled me a bit. Yeah. He's got big ears. He has got big ears, I have to say. He's, he's quite red, pinky, and he, he, pink, isn't he? He's got big ears. Yeah. Um, Birch admitted two dwelling house burglaries and asked for another nine similar offences to be taken into consideration by Judge Samuel Wiggs. Right. It's Wiggs back again. All oh, right, okay. The court was told how Birch, one of Dorset's most prolific offenders, had broken into a house at Hearn Road Christchurch on October 29th this year and committed another burglary at Grove Road, Bournemouth, just two days later. His valuable haul included a £1,000 emerald and diamond ring, other oh. jewellery, a computer and a camera. Birch was caught after being disturbed at the first property and jumping from an upstairs window. Nice. For Forensic investigators linked him to the scene and stolen property was recovered from his Greyford escort parked near the Hearn Road address. After his address, Birch, of, fixed, of no fixed abode, assisted police in solving another nine crimes, including a burglary <laughs> dating back to 2003. Were they all him? Yeah. No, right. so. <laughs> okay. This is brilliant. Defending, this is the guy defending him. Right. Robert Griffiths says, With a record like that, there is little I can say. <laughs> Fair enough, okay. It was drinks... Drugs, a fallout with his girlfriend, and he found himself depressed. He didn't even need the money. He was working as a forklift driver at the time. What? He has spent 30 years in prison, two-thirds of his life, and he wants to go back there, Judge. He is somewhat institutionalised. Mr Griffiths added, Prison won't work. The only thing it will do is keep him out of circulation, but he wants to say sorry to his victims. Sentencing Birch to three years in jail, Judge Wiggs told him, You know very well what has to happen. (laughs) I mean, let's be fair. So so the judge is saying, I know that the only reason you're committing these crimes is because you just want to go back to prison because you can't stand life on the outside, right? But he's saying, I've got no choice but to send you. I have to. And he's like, there's nothing else you can do. He just tells him resignedly as he bangs a gavel, which I know they don't actually do. You know very well what has to happen. What a great line. I I like the idea, though. I mean... To be fair to the defendant, I mean, uh, not to the defendant, to uh, the, um, the 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 pro- the, the, the defence. Defence. That's what I was yeah. trying to think of. Yeah. Um, well, there's nothing else you can say. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, uh, you may. I mean, yeah, it's exactly fair. Well, what could you say? But it's just you may just sit there and go, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I but, yeah but what I love is the, this air of resignation around the whole court because even the judges are like, you know why. You know, I, have, I know why you're doing this. You're just trying to get back inside, but you know why it's happening. Just get in the van. <laughs> Speaking after the case, DC Simon Clark from Bournemouth Burglary Squad said the sentence reflects the seriousness of these offences, but also shows that sentences will be reduced if offenders like Birch assist us in clearing up clock crimes. Comments. Great comments. Cherry Bear says, Absolute joke. Unfortunately, there are numerous people like this piece of shit that will be looking to get locked up for the winter months. <laughs> nice, okay. So she's saying, because it's coming winter, there's going to be lots of people looking to get locked up. Piece of oh, shit. Possibly my comment of the week, this. Um, it's sad. Live and let live, says. We all find it hard too, but we have to carry on. Oh, you could be locked up if you wanted to. <laughs> what a depressed comment. <laughs> find it hard too but we have to carry on Lord Lilliput said prison won't work the only thing it will do is keep him out of circulation it's quoting the article and they say I thought the purpose of locking people like him away from society was exactly that Holly Bay Curve right this is a, there's a bit of a thread here it's good okay. so Holly's Holes Bay Curve says well Mr Birch my mother left school at 14 to work for the post office during World War 2 she then worked in nursing since 1948 all her life and paid her taxes having now spent her savings on nursing care for herself she now has to sell her home to cover these nursing costs as the state she's paid into will not cover the costs why should we the taxpayers allow you to live in a luxury live in luxury in quotes in prison at a cost that exceeds my mother's nursing care the Parsons knows, responds to this and says, shouldn't you be blaming the government for your mother's dilemma? She has been lied to and conned by the people at the top and they are stealing from your mum as surely as this guy is committing a crime. But at least he accepts he's got a problem. Prison cannot be luxury. A cop-out may be in a bit of a sorry situation, but you can't channel your anger through people supported by the state. Do you apply the same logic to mental patients, drug and alcohol dependents? St Anne's Hospital in Camford Cliffs is full of them. There will always be a percentage who can't cope or who are in a rut they can't get out of. With your mother's problem, shouldn't you have learned something about compassion? passion nice well wrong Rob you're wrong because a Buick boy takes issue with this and just says it's because of bleeding hearts like you that honest working people have so many wastes of space like him to support oh god him and all him and all his kind should be put down I do it for nothing Uh, HRH of of Boscombe says he's just the kind of man who's just waiting to to kill he's the kind of person who goes out looking for a fight on a Saturday night just give me a fucking reason HRH of Boscombe says it's just a game of life some play to win some can't be bothered however much these insects make my skin crawl they make my life more profitable so now listen to this logic if everyone worked if everyone worked if everyone worked, salaries would be much lower to spread the wealth around. Instead, we have a society where you can earn high if you aim high. He'll, he'll get a very short life sentence if he tries to burgle my house. <laughs> but this is the world we live in. Try communism if you like. <laughs> I mean, that's, that comment is so utterly deluded. It's unbelievable. L'Anglais comments on HRH of Boscombe and says... Typical I'm alright Jack comment that sums up capitalism in Little Britain today. Your economic reasoning is nonsense. You have a society where those aim to take advantage of the poor and needy are awarded. That isn't aiming high, that is greed and malice. Today's generation believe that those who wish to look after the vulnerable and infirmed are classed as non-profitable aspects of our society. HRH, you and your comments are all that's wrong with today's Britain. Not to reveal any of my political or other you know, affiliations or ideologies, but... Comment of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt UK says, prison won't work, a bullet in the head will. Right. And a possible episode title here from Wage Slave, who simply says, just another parasite. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I know you've been waiting for this. This is the next story from the This Winning Advertiser um, about the, the stupid fountain. This is the first stupid fountain. The title is In a Lather Over Town Centre Fountain. Isn't it Lather? Or is that just because you're from. Are you up north? From up north? No. No, you're from Gloucester. No, yes. Yeah. Lather. It is Lather. No, Lather. I thought. No, I'm, I'm from. I'm down. It is Lather. Is <laughs> no, it not? Lather. Lather. No, it's not. Yeah. Lather. We can discuss this. Get yourself up time. in a lather, or you know, lather yourself lather. up in the bath. Oh. Lather. You'd say lather if you're from Yorkshire or something. Well, I'm sure the listeners understand what I'm saying either way. We've covered north and south of the divide. Okay. A water feature billed as a focal point of Swindon's town centre regeneration is now one of the cleanest in the UK after someone squirted washing up liquid into the system. <laughs> that was clever of them. Like the, t- the 240,000 pounds crumbled waterfalls. Hang on a minute. <laughs> You get you get where this if is I going. Was put, if I was didn't have much money in Swindon, or you know, was hard up, or life was difficult, or was yeah. homeless, or anything, that is disgusting. Who, right. who runs Swindon? The Swindon Borough Clown School. Yes, but who's it? Who's it? Is it got a majority of any parties? Um, I have a feeling. I think it's Labour. <laughs> is it? Oh, I think dear. it is. Uh, I may, I'll have to check that. Oh well. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so they're bidding for £100,000, yet this water feature costs uh, double that <laughs> and has been tampered with already. How can you... How could it even cost... That? I mean, they've been conned there. Yeah. Yeah, that'll cost you about a quarter of a million, that fountain. Uh, a large crowd gather around the feature, which should have been playing... Uh, um, sorry. Have you got a picture of it? I have, yeah. I should, uh, yeah. You just want to see it? Yeah. So this is this is when this is half. Of, this is a quarter of a million. Here we go. This is a quarter of a million pounds, which looks like to it's me. It just looks like some slabs of metal with water coming. Why is it going all over the pavement? That's the the suds. That can't cost quarter of a million. I know. <laughs> what I love is, and I'll come on to this. This replaced this replaced another feature that got taken away. <laughs> Oh, this is sorry. This is actually making me angry. Um, a large crowd gathered around the feature with children playing in the suds. As an official tried in vain to clear away the froth, which gradually sw- swamped the crossroads. He needed lots of right because I, I, I once put um, I did once tell this story on the podcast, but then cut it out because it was boring. Okay. But uh, I once put um, uh, I meant to put rinse aid in my dishwasher, and it was only after I'd oh, filled it right. filled it all up that I realised I'd actually put washing up liquid, and it took me hours to get it out. I can imagine. Hours to get out the suds, but it was a it was a combination of a lot of salt. A lot of olive oil, which I learned works as well, and vinegar, and that's what eventually got rid of it. Uh, and I've now been sud-free for a good two months. Congratulations! Thank you. Shopper Jerry Taylor, sixty-eight of Newcastle Street, who snapped this photograph, said, "People were amused by it. People were just standing around and grins on their faces." Said it all. I love, I love whoever just thought that I'm going to put washing up equipment. It's yeah. genius. Um, Kids wanted to play and play in it quite naturally. A bloke wanted to clear the stuff, but he was fighting a losing battle because as he was sweeping it away, there was more coming yeah, up. Yeah, he will have done. Yeah. Of course, because that's what that's they the have way to we completely drain yeah. it. And, yeah. uh, I must have got there about an hour or so after it happened because it was it was pretty frothy. <laughs> <laughs> I think what some people had done is to go into a shop like Tesco's, get a bottle of soap suds, and pour it into the fountain. And they could just keep doing it. That's the thing. Yeah, now. you could go back they on an hourly basis. They life, uh, council's life, a misery. <laughs> It was a good distraction from a day's shopping. One consolation is we have a very clean pavement and a very clean fountain as well. (laughs) 
Uh, the fountain which was installed in May last year has been in the spotlight before, with some character calling it, calling it a waste of money and claiming it would be used as, as, a, as a urinal by late night revellers. Oh. <laughs> oh, and then it's just, and then because it's all being recycled, then it's just piss. <laughs> just piss. Spilling onto the streets. <laughs> a piss fountain. Yeah, piss fountain. It's a nice name for a title as well. Frothy piss fountain. Frothy piss fountain. Okay. Comments? Uh, yeah, Gui says, Although the water feature is a waste of money and a joke considering the state of the town is in, this is a moronic act, squirting washing up liquid. To be expected, though, in the, in the modern age of Chav and the underclasses now blighting the town and nation. <laughs> oh, started off so well. I know. <laughs> um, Silvergrand says, um, I'm surprised worth things have been put in the fountain by now. I can't believe it, co- it costs that much money. What a waste. I'm sure they could have found something better than a couple of bits of crumpled metal to use. Uh, Rob FM says, didn't the same thing happen with the previous water feature? One of the reasons it was replaced by the clock, which didn't, uh, which didn't work long either. Oh. <laughs> and they're probably going to take this away. You realise that if somebody keeps doing it, they will take it away. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Lonsdale says, I did see some very clean tramps walking around the town centre. <laughs> the witch says, the same thing used to happen in the 60s monstrosity in the parade, at regular intervals. At least with the latest water feature, the Great British public don't put the rubbish in it. And... Uh, I too says, we told them, but as usual, they didn't listen. <laughs> this will happen often now. Swindon Bow and the Clown School strikes again. The next story, uh, as mentioned in, in this story, is about the clock, which is known as the Jubilee Clock, which got removed after it stopped, okay, and was replaced by the water feature. Are you going to read that now? Uh, no, I'll read it later on. <laughs> Well, Rob, my third out of my four crime stories now. I told you that these these mug shots would get progressively more comical, and I am yeah. saving the best for last. Okay. This, I didn't. It was a toss up whether this was the best or the other picture. Right. But uh, okay, it's from the new shopper, Bromley one-legged fraudster <laughs> Stephen Ross, jailed for five years. Okay. It's by Robert Fisk. I will show you the picture soon. A victim of a one-legged fraudster says she has lost her faith in Christianity after being fleeced out of her life savings. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> Valerie Greenslade and her husband, David, 71, gave £35,000 to Stephen Ross to invest, as they had known him for 10 years, and he told them he was a broker at Rothschild's banking group. But instead, he spent their money on his luxurious lifestyle, which included his house in gated development, Drake News in Bromley. After reporting Ross to the police, Miss Greenslade found out that everything the 51-year-old had told her had been a lie, including him saying he had lost his leg in the London bombings. <laughs> in the London bombings. Sorry. D- does he actually have one leg? We don't know. It, it, a commenter does pick up on this. So it's unclear. Right. He, he says he lost it in the London bombings of July 2005. So he's claimed that he was in that atrocity. That's disgusting. Mrs. Greenslade of East Hall Road, Orpington, said, The experience has changed me totally, and now I don't trust anybody. I was the sort of person who would do anything for anybody, and people looked at me to say I have changed. And people look at me to say I've to say I've changed, because all the time I feel I've been used. I have lost my faith, and I think, why me? Why did he pick on us? The 67-year-old added, It was supposed to be a 16-week investment, and it just did not happen. And he kept putting it off and putting it off, and then he said he had been sacked from Rothschild. Sorry. A 16-week investment? Yeah, this, of their money, because he works at Rothschild's. Okay, and, and then he and says, he oh, was uh, saying he's going to make them millions in this time. Probably, he just kept fobbing them off, fobbing them off, and then said, oh, I've been sacked. 
So she goes, <laughs> she added, we would always see him early in the morning as he said he had to work in the city all night because his client was the Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> oh, no. He was living a luxury lifestyle on everyone else's money and he caused our business to go under. He has wrecked people's lives and Jeez. bled them dry. Oh. The grandmother who ran her bakery business in Bromley High Street hopes Bromley police will be able to get her savings back by a confiscation order and urges other victims of Ross to come forward. Ross pleaded guilty to two counts of fraud and was jailed for five years at Croydon Crown Court. A further three counts of fraud were ordered to remain on file by the court. None of the people or institutions named by Ross have any knowledge of him. Um, one thing about that story, it, 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 it starts off with this idea that she's lost her faith in Christianity. It doesn't talk about doesn't Christianity anywhere else in the story. <laughs> um, do you want to see a picture before I read you out the amazing comments? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> He's obviously not a banker, is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> Describe him. He looks Can like a, an even fatter Phil Mitchell <laughs> with jowls like Ch- the Churchill dog. <laughs> he looks like um, Jabba the Hutt. He does look like Jabba the Hutt. You, anybody uh, uh, listening to this story, go on the internet now if you've got it in front of you. Put in Bromley one-legged fraudster Stephen Ross and get a picture up of this guy because... <laughs> Oh, comments they're great by the way if you saw, thought that picture was good you just wait till my last one okay um, Bob Downhamdis says looks like the fat TNUC spent all that do- <laughs> no. spent all that dollar on pies let's hope they seize his assets to repay these people B- busy mum says so did he have one leg or not <laughs> Have your say, says. What an ugly, no good fucker. I hope he becomes... <laughs> I've made that up because it's, it's starred out. But I'm assuming... Oh, okay, yeah, I hope he becomes someone's there. bitch inside and gets a good time in I the shower. I don't think he is by the look of him, no. He's, he's not going to become someone's bitch. Uh, Jippo Joe responds to Busy Mum, who says, so did he have one leg or not? And he says, not sure about that, Busy Mum. Best be on the safe side, though. Please don't send him slippers for Christmas. <laughs> uh, Jasper Boy says, I too have been taken on by this one-legged cunt. <laughs> Yes, he had one leg. He said he lost it in the London bombings. Shame it wasn't a true story. Please, anyone reading this in Wandsworth Prison, give this cunt a well-deserved welcome. Wandsworth style. Jesus Christ. The Wall says, uh, this quotes the Jippo, Joe and Busy Mum comment about uh, send him slippers, don't send him slippers for Christmas. And they just say, you could send one. There's a 50% chance of getting it right. That's a fair point, yeah. (laughs) Um, Lord Arrestor Steerball Piggott says, pull the other one. Nice. Get it? Yep. Uh, Stephen1987 said, I knew this man before. He spent all the money on his family and they were fine with it. Bunch of scum. (laughs) Uh, Jasper Boy says, The wife was in on it. She was up on fraud charges as well. He took the blame and that enabled her to get off. Albeit with charges on her record according to court records. This scumbag stole money from old people dying in hospital beds. He would convince them to transfer their life savings to him. He got into hospitals in Kent and he did this a few times. He has never had a job, lived off the social and stole tens of thousands of pounds from innocent, elderly, sick people. Perhaps someone might steal his false leg in Wandsworth Prison. (laughs) And another possible uh, episode title here. Do you remember for my last story, Just Another Parasite? Yeah. Also, the last comment here, from the wall, possible episode title, Vile Worthless Bag of Filth. Nice, nice. <laughs> I was just thinking maybe, um, 
one leg in prison, one leg in prison theft as well. Was gonna say, sorry. Yeah, there are loads. Yeah, there are. Actually, there are. We have to give it some thought. <laughs> Your last story in your Swindon Town Centre themed L- extravaganza. Yeah, last story. It's, it goes to the Jubilee Clock, otherwise known as Millennium, Millennium Clock. It's the same thing. Um, clock returns to countdown end of rail station work. Uh, once mock timepiece is coming, it's making a comeback in the town centre, signalling that the end is in sight for the work have at the rail station of, forecourt. Have you got a picture of this? Now I think I've seen this. You have before, seen it, before. and it was hideous. It is. Hideous. It looks like a. It looks like a sort of. Let's see it. Yeah, that's that's the shell of it because it's, it's yeah, they I haven't installed it. It's, yeah. It's, it's, right, yeah. So it's making a comeback. Swindler thought, yes, that's what's missing. It was mocked before, but they'll love it now. <laughs> what are these people doing? This when they're just sitting in a boardroom. In th- if, like, you can, I've got this image of like the war room out of Doctor Strange Love, and they're sitting in this huge hall, and they're just sitting there thinking, how can we make the people of Swindon happy? And the only ideas they can come up with are to install features in the town Absolute, centre. Hey, the story starts a once mocked timepiece. <laughs> <laughs> once mocked timepiece yeah. is a bloody good episode. That is good, the what are we going to do? Oh, let's narrow it down. The Shell and Millennium Clock, which formerly adorned the junction at Bridge Street, Canal Walk and Regent Street in the parade, is now standing outside the station. A spokesman for Ford Swindon, which commissioned the £1.8 million project... <laughs> for that? Yeah. It's a ball on top Can of... Can you the... see the slope of the, the, the scale now? It's a ball on top of a stick. No! <laughs> who the fuck is running? I'm going to look this up. Who's running Swindon Council? Uh, I'll carry on the story looking. Yes. Um, said work on the station core, the forecourt is due to be completed. So the 1.8 million is it's to do with the station forecourt, okay? Just the station forecourt. Um, uh, it's due to be completed at the end of the month. Work is going well on now the weather has improved and, and uh, we are due to complete at the end of the month. The Millennium Clock has been installed on the site and will be tested before it it becomes operational. Right. The timepiece was originally named the Jubilee Clock to commemorate the Queen's Golden Jubilee ten years ago and the Duke of Edinburgh came to the the town to see it. It's Tory. Oh, it's a Tory. Okay. It was later. It's a Tory. Yeah, so do I. But it's more famously known as Millennium Clock. When the £50,000 work of art was unveiled... 50 grand for that. 50 grand clock was unveiled on Friday... Actually, that's not bad for a clock. It's a clock on a stick, Alex. Yeah. But can I, I, need, I need you to get a good idea. This is what I used to do when it was first installed, okay? So for £50,000, this is what they got, tell me. Yeah. When the £50,000 work of art was unveiled on February 28, 2003, it played Christmas music. Including <laughs> Silent Night. <laughs> what? <laughs> including the Silent Night and Lights and Starlight Starbright and Valentine's Day love songs like... Dream a little dream, <laughs> along with occasional shopper announcements. So, <laughs> occasional shopper announcements. This clock used to play Christmas songs all year round, Why are and occasional Valentine's Day songs. <laughs> occasional. Okay. Occasional Valentine's Day songs is also a good episode title. Yeah. Soon after the clock was put in place, the minute <laughs> fell off. <laughs> oh, I should taking the piss. <laughs> fell off from its spindle, and it took three days to repair it. But one, uh, but one face remained either 30 minutes fast or 30 minutes slow for some time. So depending on what so face you look to the clock... No. No. So depending on what side the and clock... And it's playing Christmas music. Was it, was, it, was it even meant to ever play Christmas music? Or I, was this just some I, I think, bug? No, 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 I think it was. It was supposed right. to play... It. Britannia Construction said the work at the station forecourt is progressing well, despite the exceptional weather, which has also displayed some other construction projects nationwide. Delayed. So, what I love is just to get an idea. So, the town centre was turned down for a hundred thousand pound 
um, Grant. No wonder. Well, no, but no wonder you would not give Diff that money to them at all. Yeah, but it has spent. Uh, let me try and. They might just buy another couple of clocks. It has spent today on various other projects one million six hundred and forty thousand pounds. Yes. Oh, well, that, that, I'm sure that's the tip of the iceberg, man. And if you ask me, money well spent. <laughs> Okay, Rob, here we go. My last story. It's very short, but the comments are brilliant, and it's the picture. Okay. I took so long to recover from this. It's from the new shopper. It's by Robert Fisk. And the, uh, the headline is, Burglar steals wedding photo in Orpington. Right. A burglar has been jailed after being caught red-handed with a bag full of stolen goods, including a framed wedding photograph. When, you, know, you weren't laughing at the photograph of the wedding, were you? No. Oh, OK. Right. James Cotman was seen acting suspiciously in Felsted Road, Orpington, by a member of the public who called the police. And by the way, when you see this guy, um, I don't think it was that they saw him acting suspiciously. If you saw him, you'd just want to ring the police. Right, OK. Immediately. When officers arrested the 45-year-old, they found him in possession of screwdrivers, a torch, and some jewellery in boxes. Later that day, the occupiers of a house in Felsted Road returned home to find it had been burgled. Officers showed them the property the pro- officers showed them the property that was recovered from Cotman, and they confirmed it was theirs. So one thing he'd taken was a framed wedding photo. I don't know why you'd do that, right? Although when you see the picture again, it might make sense. Cotman from Carl Shorten was then charged with the burglary, which happened on August the 30th. He pleaded guilty to burglary and was sentenced to four years' imprisonment at Croydon Cow Court. It seems to be getting a lot of action. Yeah. I'm just going to remind you of the uh, previous Rob mugshots here, just just so we can go back. I think I can remember that now. No, so this is the guy who couldn't cope with life outside and asked to go back to jail. Those big ears. Big ears, yeah. Okay? This was the one-legged froster who does have quite an extraordinary face. That's Jabber. That's Jabber. Yeah. So big ears, Jabber... Okay, this is James, <laughs> this is James this is James Cotman who who got done because he was found burglaring houses, but he he took a frame wedding photograph. <laughs> Why is he topless? <laughs> what I loved is when he saw it, you had to close your eyes immediately because it was too much. Uh, <laughs> what what are those tattoos? Like, you've got to describe him, if you can. Oh, if anyone's ever seen the film uh, Lord of the Rings, if you know the oh, character right. of... Yeah, Gollum. Yeah. He looks like got. He's got one... I mean, he's got okay. this really crooked smile. <laughs> so he's got... Hang on. So he's, he's, he's got Why is top... he topless in the picture? <laughs> this is a mugshot. He's topless. He's... he's I don't, he, does, he doesn't have a He's got on. a tattoo that looks like it's an upside down... Um, Marijuana plant. He's he's skinny. He's sort of his shoulders are sort of hunched up. His neck is forward, and he's got I, a crooked I, smile and one eye bigger than the other. I'm not being nasty, but it looks like he's had a stroke. Yeah, Rob. But it, one side that, of his face that a is isn't oh, that a brilliant God. picture? I think what was bad is I was at work trying hard not to look. <laughs> you see, it'll keep getting you. I think he's just got to keep looking at it. Oh, oh he's a he, he's a beauty. <laughs> So, big ears, jabber, and the golem. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the comments, which are brilliant. Right. Proud Gypsy Girl says, was he burgling because he can't afford a t-shirt? <laughs> right. uh, Mum Cab says, burglars are despicable maggots. People who have been burgled feel violated and some people never get over it. Even if they get their stuff back, their lives never feel the same again. James Cotman must be even uglier on the un- inside <laughs> than he is on the outside. I don't think that's, a po- that's possible. Uh, the other thing was, I was actually laughing a lot of these comments. Have Your Say says... One ugly motherfucker. Good episode title. 
<laughs> an album never make it. I would love him to come and burgle my house, as it would be his last. I thought I, th- I thought at the beginning of that comment there might there were some sexual overtones, but I realised by the end mm-hmm. there wasn't. Guess who again says this Todd has an <laughs> has an IQ under fifty, IQ of seventy to seventy nine is a borderline deficiency. Yeah, that, that, you're just disclaiming. Yeah, yeah, in fact, yeah. I don't think Todd's politically correct. They're known as retards. <laughs> Jaded one says, I suppose his modelling career came to an early end, so he had to go out burgling. <laughs> uh, just to remind you of what he looks like again, Rob. <laughs> he could be a model. Uh, Lord Rester Steerball Pickett says I would chop his hands off when you are released Coltman please come round and attempt to burgle my place I'll make you suffer for long for so long that you'll be begging me to put you out of your misery you ugly bald skinny tattooed see you next Tuesday okay Brooke says the these are bald with echo comments yeah Brooke says the Met should give me a useful job target for police dog bite training at the dog school (laughs) and uh, busy mum says favourite comment here guess that's his internet dating pic (laughs) bring bring on the girls lol oh wow and that concludes my week of crime amazing all those stories in one week no incredible absolutely incredible I would Uh, say that I would he looks though but I mean I showed that somebody at work who said to me that he looked and I think it's just the best word to describe him he looks utterly deranged. He, he does. To the extent that I was worried about reading that story out. That like I'm going to open my door one day and he's going to be outside grinning at me with his top off. You can just imagine he'd be walking away from the house's burglar, like maybe clutching the photograph to his, to his, his bare breast. Because I can imagine he would have gone burgling like that. Oh, yeah. I can imagine he would have just... Told oh, yeah, he's like an animal. And, yeah. he's afraid and he just laughs. He's, he's like... Um, I mean, he's like a, a less civilised version of, of um, Alan Ames. <laughs> I mean, I think Alan. Uh, anybody who wants to know Alan Ames, you need to go and listen to From the Valley to the Abyss, episode five. Yeah, second I mean, half. Alan Ames, I think, was calculating. He, you know, he he had the military training. I think he was one of those that was just slowly waiting for the moment. Ex army. Yes, exactly. this guy's just feral. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he would scratch you if you if you, if you, if you got close enough. <laughs> Okay, Rob, should we wrap up the podcast then? Yes. Just to say, obviously, the, the Christmas competition is still running. We are still waiting for your um, entries. Remind entries, people. Yeah. We're not going to get any, Rob. But yeah, remind well, you never know. Uh, we'd like a picture of you uh, in front of the uh, uh, the name of your town or local landmark. And we're going to ask Alex if we can guess where it is. And there will be a prize. Uh, it's worth you entering for the prize. I thought we'd at least get an entry from Nicola from Norwich. Yeah, I thought so. to her? She was, she was commenting on the story that because um, I, I mentioned on the podcast about um, the uh, the story being covered on Russell's Good News, and she commented on that saying maybe he's, he's a fan. To which I replied, "I sincerely doubt it." Maybe you should tweet him and say we covered. I thought you talked about the Fox That's Garber not a bad story. Idea, actually. We covered this because it was like what ten weeks ago. Yeah, uh, take a listen. You know, uh, I know you said good news, but it, it appears to me that you're behind the times. Yes, because <laughs> nice. he'd uh, uh, he'd. Um, he presumably enjoy it because uh, obviously those sort of stories tickle him. So maybe he'd enjoy yeah. other stories, especially as he presented it as topical. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, the competition's still open. When do we need a closing date for that? Do we say? Well, Christmas. Yeah. Be, isn't yeah, Christmas because it's a Christmas competition. I don't think we're going to get any entries. We'll see. If we don't get any entries, we're going to shut down the podcast. Yeah. 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 That's not a good threat to make. <laughs> no. No. That's not. That's hardly a threat at all. Anyway, we guys. Microwave a cat. Yes, that's it. 
I think we should make some branded goods. Well, we might. We are going to make, make, make branded goods. We've discussed this already. Yeah, we uh, we we might it, make. It works on the assumption that people are going to want to put a bumper sticker with local anaesthetic in their car window. I don't know that they will. It's a good point, though, because there'll still be no uptake with the business cards either. Yeah. Okay. God bless. Take care.